Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast. Great to have you um, listening here today. I'm going to keep this one a little bit short, but I, there's just a couple things that I wanted to share with you. We are now in the final, what I call the final quadrimester of the year after Labor Day. And I'm actually recording this Labor Day weekend. I'm in Palm Springs for the weekend with my family. It's It's been great. It's been wonderful. We like to do this because after this, we come back and we've got we've to hit the ground running so we can end this year strong, right? But we're in what I call the final quadrimester, the final four months of the year. And uh, so I've just been doing some, some reflecting uh, even this morning and find, find, finding myself a little bit. I always get one of the things I was sharing uh, with uh, with my wife and a couple of friends this past weekend. I always get a little bit sad at this time of year, no matter what. Okay. And I've always found that if I have a really, a really good year, I get sad at the end of the year because now I'm thinking, man, this year is over. It's been a really good year. Now it's over. If I don't have a good year, and I remember a couple of years ago, I had a really tough year. I didn't hit the goals and it was just, it felt like I was on a path towards um, just loserdom and, uh, you know, a path towards unsuccessfulness. Okay. That's what I felt like I was on. And I remember getting to that end of the year and I was almost in despair and I was despondent in some ways because I thought I have not reached my goals. I'm not going anywhere. Things aren't opening. The doors aren't opening. Um, so it was interesting. It's it's interesting to me, no matter what it is at the end of the year, I feel a sense of sadness. So I've been thinking about that and kind of journaling on that today and kind of what that represents. Um, but what didn't help <clears throat> was this past weekend, some of you heard about the uh, the artist Jimmy Buffett passed away. And uh, now it's weird to think that he would be one of my favorite singers. He's what he's kind of Caribbean slash country slash rock. He um, hails from Key West, right? He's a white dude. <clears throat> you got me an Afro Latino guy. And, and uh, why would I have this? You know, I, I found myself this weekend sad about Jimmy Buffett. And even this morning, getting up to the point where it made it into my journal, really talking about it. And what I came to find, and we're going to get to a point here in just a second. I'm just kind of rambling here for a second, but all this will tie back to leadership, I promise you. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sad this weekend because the end of the year is coming. And it, this has been a great year. And so there's a sense of sadness that, oh, my goodness, I've got to say goodbye to this year. This has been a phenomenal year. There's always a sense of anxiety about the upcoming year, right? 2024, what's going to happen? Is it going to be good? Is, you know, what will be all the things? Because we never know these things. You can go to a fortune teller, but you can't ever know what the actual journey is going to look like for the future. So there's some anxiety around that. And then this weekend, this, this guy... <clears throat> Jimmy Buffett, he passes away way too young. And and uh, I remember in some of my darkest days, this is years ago, almost 20 years ago, I found his music and I was living back in the Midwest and and uh, I'd always had a love for Florida. And I don't know, maybe it was even his music, but I think even back before then, I had this love for Florida. I'd been down there as a kid, some the tropical weather down there. And so I had this love. And so I found him and he talked about this place called Key West and and I, I think it was his music that led me to go down there. And, and I, I only just made it down there just about two or three years ago for the first time and went back again and, and is now a place that on my vision board, I have a home that I want there in Key West that I will purchase at some point in the next five to 10 years. It's a beautiful home there. Um, 
And and so his music and who he is as a person, I remember that 20 years ago when I was listening to him, he just was so inspirational to me. So I've got this idea that everything is connected. So again, this morning, I'm sad about the end of the year because uh, I hate the thought of saying goodbye to this year. I'm a little bit anxious about the next year. And then I'm listening. I'm thinking about Jimmy Buffett on my Labor Day weekend, how sad I am that he is um, that, that he's passed away. Everything is connected. So how is this all connected? Well, it led me to a couple of things. Number one is that life is for all of us. Life is um, uh, it's, you know, life is short. I've always looked at someone like Jimmy Buffett and said, man, he's got everything a man could want. He was married to the same woman for 46 years. I think early on they had some drama in their relationship, but uh, but they were married for 46 years. He was a massive businessman worth a billion dollars. That's that's what they say with his restaurants, Margaritaville. I mean, he leveraged one song and, and it, it, you know, one song in one place. Right. Kiwa, and he even says this in interviews, that one song, Margaritaville, which levers into all these other restaurants. And at some point he had, you know, restaurants called Cheeseburger in Paradise. And um, although I don't know if those were attached to him, but Margarita, you know, Ville sure was. So he, 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 he leveraged that. And then this passion he had for Key West, and he just brought that everywhere to everyone. He brought that love of Key West and the sun and that escapism to all people. But at the same time, even he couldn't escape death, right? He helped all of us escape the problems of the world. And at the very end, he didn't really even talk about what he was going through. He did a last concert. And, and you talk about another sense of sadness. My wife and I talked about going to that concert. And for whatever reason, we just chose not to. But he, I thought, well, he'll be around for several more years. I'll catch him next time he comes through San Diego. That was his last stadium concert of all time. He did one more performance in Rhode Island this past July 2nd. And then that was it. And then he spent all of July and August, I'm guessing, with family uh, in hospice care. And then on September 1st, I, I believe it was September 1st, he passed away. And so I'm I'm thinking about how all this plays out together. And there's the reality is that life is short for all of us. He even has a song that I've been listening to this morning. It's called Oceans of Time. And he's talking in that song about all we have oceans and oceans of time together. It's kind of a love song. And he would tell you in interviews, he would say, people that are trying to chase what I'm selling have to understand it's not true, right? So that idea of oceans of time, you know, if we, we, we relate that to that song, that's not true as well, okay? We don't have oceans and oceans of time. He had 76 short years on planet Earth, and now he's gone, I believe, way too soon. So that was interesting for me to think about him and what he's offered myself and millions of people around the world, this idea of escapism. Uh, but he couldn't even escape death at the end. But then I started diving a little bit deeper into who he was and why am I sad that he's gone? And just the person he was, I really appreciate. And I started writing down who was he as a person? Well, he was a dad, three children. Two of them were his uh, his bio children, one he adopted. He was married to the same woman for 46 years. He was a massively successful businessman. He took what he had uh, uh, the, the, uh, the gifts. And he would probably say as narrow as they were, he took them to write fun songs. I don't think he ever won a Grammy award or for best song of the year or anything like that. I, I don't think that was the case. Uh, but he took that, 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 that desire to write music, that desire to sing, added it with his love for Key West. Right. And he, he took it out to the world. Uh, so he was, he used his gift that was given to him and he used it well. Um, one of the things I was thinking, again, this is a leadership podcast. Uh, there, there was something else he talked about was this idea of business where he would, he would say this, I'm a mediocre, you know, guitar player, mediocre singer. 
And his songs are, you know, a lot of them are a little bit cheesy, whatever. But what he understood was, and he even talks about this. He said, I understood that there's a whole business behind this. And if I don't get the business, then, then nothing else, you know, happens. Artists in the, in the, in the, um, in the recording industry, they are very expendable. They're just another employee. And when you stop making us money, you're out. He understood this and he said, I don't want to be that person. He tells a story about walking into a, like a holiday inn or something like that in some city. And when he was getting started and it was some major country artist who was major, had a, a really big hit for a while. And he even hit the arena circuit. He walks into this Holiday Inn and that guy's in that restaurant at that Holiday Inn or whatever hotel it was. He was in the hotel restaurant and he's playing his songs. And Jimmy Buffett said, I don't ever want to be in this position. So he said, I'm going to take control. So, again, I, I'm, I'm just looking at all these things. And there were several other things that I wrote down on my list that, that I don't necessarily have in front of me. But but I was able to see all that. And then I'm thinking about my sadness towards the end of the year. I'm thinking about the sadness because of Jimmy Buffett passing away. I'm thinking about the anxiety of the next year. But then I'm realizing Jimmy Buffett made it to where he made it because he was intentional about his work. And so I'll tell you this. I've got one last day here in Palm Springs, and then we're going to get back to work, back to Indiana. I think I even wrote in my journal. I said, for me personally, greatness is not found here in Palm Springs. And here's what I mean by that. Palm Springs for me is a place to relax, to recoup, to rejuvenate. We all need to do that. But greatness is found when we pick ourselves back up and we get back out there. And so a man like Jimmy Buffett, he lived life full tilt. He was very hardworking. He was a workaholic. And, and he even says this. He said, I found something that I love to do. And so I was able to get up every single day and go after it with everything he had. And so anyway, I, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but uh, able to parlay all that. And I think the example that Jimmy Buffett says for us, and maybe that's the that's the key here that I'm talking about. An incredible human being, even in death. And I think he died well, right? He he didn't get up. He could have told the whole world about what he was struggling with. We'd all felt sorry for him. He didn't want that. He went out, I think, in the best way, spent his final summer here on earth. Um, and from what I understand, was surrounded by family and friends. And uh, he he exited the way that he, you know, that he should have. And knowing that he'd left his family behind a sizable fortune and that he'd made it an, an incredible impact on the world around. There was a comment in the, in, on one of the YouTube videos I was watching this morning and it said, you know, Jim, something along the lines that Jimmy Buffett was an amazing human being. He lived life on his own terms, uh, followed his passion and just happened to make a, a lot of money. And then it said something like, you know, what a great life that is. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so that's just a quick reminder for all of us today. Um, uh, living a great life, pursuing it, going after it. I think a man like Jimmy Buffett is a great example for all of us as we're trying to pursue the life we want. Here's a thought that I'm going to leave you with uh, as, as as we walk into the final quadrimester of 2023. Uh, I, I hope this has been a good year for you. If it has not been a good year for you so far, well, you've still got time and you're able to, you know, you'll be able to get in there and, and, and hopefully change some things and make this a better year. If this has been a good year for you well let's let let's finish even stronger and find some goals uh to make it better so today is not going to be anything about leadership or anything but it's just a quick reminder for us and I, i've been waiting to get on the podcast to talk about this because this is important it's a reminder for all of us as we go into the final part of the year the importance of gratitude um and here's how this came up in my own life in recent weeks uh, it's been very busy in our household, just a lot of things going on, some travel, 
events, meetings, time with people. And it's been great. There was a couple nights where um, we were invited to one was an event and another one was a dinner with friends. And I remember they were on two consecutive nights and we were exhausted even at that time. That was like two weeks ago. And uh, we, we didn't want to go. And my wife and I sat down and we were talking about this and we said, do we really want to do this? Is this something we really want to do? And neither one of us really wanted to. But then we talked about one of our highest values in our home, which is the value of gratitude. And we talked about how gratitude, I don't think we talked about this. We just talked about, okay, if we are in gratitude, these two opportunities that have been presented to us, one was to have a free dinner, one was to go to an event, both for free, and both were overly generous in terms of the invitations. And so we stopped and said, right now, if we were to be in gratitude, what is the decision we would make? And the decision we would make is to go to both of these events. And we said, you know, by the end of this week, if we've gone to both of these events, we will feel good about ourselves. And so what did we do? We went to both events. And I would tell you by the end of the week, we felt great. The reminder for us and for you today as well, and what we said about ourselves, we said that there's something about this idea of being in gratitude um, that is the great equalizer. So for um, so for somebody who's incredibly up and somebody who is, you know, you're having the time of your life, and maybe if you're not careful, you're, you're having great success, you're going places, life is, life is going better than what you think it should. It's everything is, everything's coming up roses. If you're not careful for you, okay, uh, what might happen is, is there might be a little bit of um, ego that gets in there. And we tend to think that we're a little bit better than who we are. And we tend to think that we're, you know, that we deserve the great things that are happening for us. And so we get the ego in there and that might happen. So what, what's the equalizer in that situation? It's gratitude and gratitude brings us back down to understand that this isn't about me. These opportunities were presented because of somebody else is, you know, somebody else presented these opportunities to the universe, God, whatever it is, faith, however you put it has aligned the universe just so that this opportunity would come to me, but it's not really about me. It's something greater than me. Okay. So gratitude brings us back down to that system uh, where we have a, a, a sense that this is not about me. When we're in a place where like my wife and I were, we said, well, we don't want to go. And all we were doing was thinking about ourselves in that moment. We're too tired. We're too this, we're too that. And we realized if we live in gratitude, it brings us up. And it, bring, it brought both of us up to we want to accept these invitations because they were given by really good people and the motives were good and the opportunities were good. So we want to rise to the next level. And so we want to come up. And so we said, be in gratitude. And so we did. And we did those two things. And they were both wonderful. The lesson that I'm trying to teach you um, or to remind you, I'm not teaching you anything today. The lesson I want to remind you about is that gratitude is the great equalizer. Gratitude is the great equalizer. And uh, I know this is a leadership podcast, but this is a quick reminder for all of us. When you are really, really high, high as a kite, and you are looking at your life like, man, I am the bee's knees. I got it all together. I'm, you know, you know, I got it made. I am, you know, I don't know. You might even look at yourself and say, I'm the shit, right? You might even say that. <clears throat> all these things that are happening, look how good I am as a person. Gratitude brings us back down to say, well, it's just not about me. When we're down low, when we're in ego, 
right? That's why I'd call it. And I think both of them are ego, right? And I think that's the biggest lesson. Gratitude is what lifts us out of the ego, which is looking at ourselves and helps us look at the bigger world around us, how we can serve the world around us, how we can show up the best in the world around us, how we can express gratitude to the universe and, and understanding that anything that comes into our life, uh, good or bad, I would say, is probably not really about us. Sometimes it is, uh, but especially I would say those, you know, I'd say all of it, really. I think everything's there to teach us a lesson, but we don't need to take everything personally, right? We need to step out of the ego and step into gratitude. And I promise you this, uh, and I've seen this in, in re- recent weeks, that when we step into gratitude, we always know the best decision to make. Always. And we always know how to respond. Always, always. I'm I'm reading this book right now. It's for one of the classes I'm teaching at, at Point Loma Nazarene, and it's a uh, um, it, it's called The Road to Character by David Brooks. This might be one of the best books I've ever written. Or excuse me, read. I, I wish I wrote the book. It's my, it might be one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. And in this book, he talks a lot about um what he calls the two different atoms that we all have within us, right? We have atom one and atom two, and I I might get the numbers wrong here, but one of the atoms is one that lives completely. It's self-absorbed. It's about me. It's about us always. The other atom is very much in love and humility and in empathy and compassion. And he talks about that wrestle between the two atoms. He, he, he talks about the new generation that we're in today is much different than what we saw years ago. What, what we saw years ago was, um a uh, uh a a simple humility and um he talked about after world war ii watching the show i think the show was called command performance and he was watching the the big movie stars at the time and none of them were chest thumping none of them came out there and said this is because i'm so great or this is because america's so great and we just tore up the rest of the world instead it was uh, there was this great saying and if i had the book next to me i think the book is back in my nightstand so i so i you know I don't have it with me, but I'd say go buy the book. But basically, it's a reminder of what was said at the time. It was said on the show, and it said something like, "Like in 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 uh, in victory and in defeat, let us show humility, let us show gratitude." Something along those lines. Those probably weren't the exact words, but that was the mindset behind it. Is that if we're in victory, we show gratitude, we show humility. If we're in defeat. We show gratitude. We we show humility. And it's just another reminder that no matter where it is in life that you're at right now, gratitude is the great equalizer. It'll bring you it'll bring you down a couple notches when you need to be brought down a couple notches, but it'll lift you back up out of yourself, out of the ego that so many of us wrestle with uh, time and time again. And so my hope and prayer for you as we walk into the next few uh, months, my hope and prayer for you, my hope and prayer for myself, for all of us that we would live in gratitude. And and I think going back to the beginning, we're talking about uh, Jimmy Buffett. I think that this is a person, you know, who probably lived deeply in gratitude. And we saw the massive, incredible impact that he had on us and so many people like us. So that's it. It's what I have for you today. It's not, not very academic and it's maybe not, not about leadership, but it is about leadership because, I think as leaders, we need to be people who are in gratitude always, 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 always in gratitude. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. 
And I'm in gratitude that you choose to listen uh, to this podcast, that you, that you choose to join in. And I'm so grateful for you. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead of you. I look forward to seeing you, um, joining you, connecting with you on the next episode of the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.